Well, you know, I'm talking on biblical faith. And uh, I just put this together. It's judicious because it's prudent. It's unassailable because it's sacred. Unequivocable because it's direct and it's ebullient because it's full of life. Hebrews 11:6 says, He that cometh to God must first believe that he is and that he's a reward of those that diligently seek him. That's why without biblical faith, cannot be saved. If we come to God, the first thing we do is receive information. Somehow we get the gospel. Many people hear it on the air now. People have been saved through radio, television, all kinds, streaming video, and person to person. But however it is, we hear about it, and we feel the need. The Holy Spirit convicts us, and then we respond to it. And we accept Jesus as Lord of our life. And we have to do that by faith. We cannot physically see him. It's very rare that people ever see parts of him or see a, see a vision of some sort. I'm not saying they don't see it at all, but you would say that most times people go through a whole lifetime and they walk by faith and not by sight. And so that's why faith is so vitally important because you can't see him, but faith believes that he's there anyhow. You can't touch it with your hands, but your faith says, I know it's real. And when you pray to him, you pray to him because your faith says he's real. They that come to God, the Bible says, must first believe that he is. That's number one. If you don't believe that he is, then you're just lost. And the second thing, and also believe that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So when we diligently seek him and attempt the best we can to live for him and to accept his word as being valid, then things begin to happen positively for us. It always brings, as you know, a satisfying congenial feeling when you know that you've achieved something beneficial and ameliorable for your life you know what i mean like you passed a test or you got a raise in pay get a little jolt just from that how about if you got your new teeth <laughs> they come out at night <laughs> i'm glad sister merlina aren't in that condition yet because i i'm afraid that if you both had them at the same time and you put them in outside like you do what if they got in a fight in the middle of the night on, I didn't want to get into it it's just it's okay just just humor him or if you got a brand new car you know what I mean about those good feelings that come because something has happened in your life successfully completing a task or knowing that you are eating healthfully and make you feel good when you know, boy, I've been, I've been really doing without this or that, and I'm really watching my diet. It lends toward a feeling of placidity and completeness. Similarly, now this is the point, learning to practice and employ biblical faith will bring a solace to your troubled life, tenaciously resolving to learn and to use biblical faith assures you that you can negotiate successfully through any situation. Here's what the Bible warns. Now we know we live in a cursed world. When Adam and Eve sinned, a curse came upon the world. 
If you can't understand the bad things that are happening, it's because of the curse. Had Adam and Eve not sinned against God, this would be a perfect earth. Do you know that when they sinned, it was so, so egregious that it affected even the orbit of the, of the earth? They say the earth is out of socket just a little bit, and that's why the severe storms and earthquakes and things like that are so extreme because the earth is not in its normal position. Sin was so drastic and so bad against God. And so this is passed upon all men. So sin is all around us. The media is full of sin. And what you hear is full of sin. And what's so sad, many churches today have sacrificed the truth so that they could gain popularity with the crowd. We've never done that here. We've lost a lot of people because we stay strong in the word. You should know the truth. God didn't call me to tickle your ears. He said they shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. So Hebrews 11, 6 comes into play here. We believe that he is. We take that seriously. And we also believe and feel that he will reward us if we diligently seek him with all of our heart. So this is the narrative and the continuum, really, of Hebrews chapter 11, the whole story in a nutshell, so to speak. So that's just my introduction, the substance of faith. Believing God is a decision and a biblical narrative that you must embrace. No one can force you. You can lead your children, but you cannot force them. You can lead them to drink, but you can't make them drink. You can push their face in a pie, and they'll look like they ate the pie, but they can spit it out as fast as you put it on. So, you know, it's a decision you have to make. If you don't make the decision, it's not going to happen. Faith is the ability to receive and then conceive. That is God's word. We, can, we receive his word and then we conceive his word. And I'll explain as I go. Now, some of you weren't here, but in the last couple of Sundays, I made reference to the birth of Jesus. I got rather explicit. And I know people are really get a little uncomfortable when you think about this. But nonetheless, it's scriptural and we have to deal with it. But what we found with Mary, when she was first confronted by the angel, she said, what in the world is this? You know, what banner of greeting is this, she said, when he first came to her. The angel came with this good news that God has seen that she was the one he wanted to use to birth his son. So he, the angel goes on and he goes on for a little while and then Mary bursts it out. She said, how can this be? I've never known a man. How am I going to birth a child? The man I'm with, we are in a relationship that's a holy relationship. There's never been any intimacy. So how am I going to do this? Before Mary could, she, she was receiving the word. But before she could conceive it and came into her heart and then affected the, the birth of Jesus, as the angel continued to talk to her and told her, he said, now listen, Mary. This holy child is going to be born of you. Here's the way it's going to happen. The Father has sent the Holy Spirit. And he's going to overshadow you. I don't have to leave anything to your imagination here. Because you have to understand, we, we don't talk as Jesus as being the son of Mary. We call him the son of God. Well, that means that the Father God 
in heaven. Elohim is his father. That's why it's written all throughout the epistles, the Father and Lord, the, the Father and God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Father provided the seed. A seed must be implanted within a woman in order to fertilize the egg that's in her body before there can be a conception. It was only after Mary heard the explanation of how she was going to get impregnated she knew it wasn't going to be through a physical means that's normal between man and woman. She wasn't at that point in life yet. She hadn't, wasn't married. I know it's unheard of in our society to think of being chased until marriage. But anyhow, I just thought I'd just bring that up. I didn't want to upset anybody. But, but when she grasped that, then she can see. She let it be according to your word. And when she did, the word that she heard and received, she conceived in her heart. Nine months later, she birthed Jesus, the Son of the living God. We never refer to Joseph as his father because Joseph didn't provide the seed. The father did through the Holy Spirit. But I'm giving you a little principle here. She had to receive it and conceive it. Many of you have heard the word thousands of times. But you know, they all always call us hard heads. It's hard to break through that, that facade we have. You know, we can smile at you and hate you. <laughs> we can look at you and, 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 and you know what I mean. So, I mean, we don't know what's inside, what I'm trying to say. We have a facade. And yet we've gone to church for years and years and years and we or some of you just coming just for maybe a few weeks but nonetheless it just seems like we're so set in our own philosophy in our own psychology we've been so so affected by things that have happened the hurts that we endured what we heard what was taught how mom did how they lived the neighbor here there the teacher whatever it was has influenced what we've become and it's not easy to break through that persona. It takes the Holy Spirit. That's why many a time I've seen tough people. I would have never given them a Chinaman's chance. For, forgive me for that. That's a slam. I shouldn't be said that way. I love Chinese, so if I said it, I just use that. Yeah, watch what you say. I love Chinese. I don't want to get in trouble with them. But you know, you, you've seen this happen and, and so often people get dissuaded and they, 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 they just, you look at them and you say, you know, I wouldn't give that person, that person will never get saved. I'll never forget there was a guy that worked, that worked in the post office with some of our guys, they were all working together. And this particular guy, I mean, he was the foulest mouth in the post office. He told the dirtiest jokes and every other word with a foul cuss word and uh, and, and I never forget them talking one day, and they said, man, could we talk about, hey, God will save anybody. And they were just talking, and they said, I'll tell you one thing, we know a guy that he'll never save. Now here, you know, just to show us how you can get, you get, your, you get slapped in the face when you take a position like that. Don't you know we're going along in the service like that, and who do you think some months later comes walking down the aisle into the church, the most foul-mouthed postal worker ever in the history of the whole world. <laughs> Subsequently gave his life to Christ, and it was just a marvelous change. 
But we never know. We have to give the gospel. It doesn't matter, the, the, you know, the, how far removed they may seem from, from reality. Still, God is God. I said this, and I don't think you'll like that I'm going to say this, but I'll just tell you this. The extreme of God's love is this. Mr. Epstein, guilty of some of the most egregious sins, sexual sins with children, and you know all the rest. You read it all yourself, not trying to redo the news. But committed suicide. And I told Sister Marlene, I said, you know, I believe if I don't know how he did it, they say you can't know how you do it in solitary when everything is taken from you. But anyhow, some way he did it. And I said, you know, God is so gracious that if at the last minute before he hung himself, he said, God, forgive me. I've been so stupid. Please forgive me. Do you know? You may not like it. You may say, I live for God all my life. But I want to tell you, the grace of God is so great. If someone would do that, I don't know that he did it. I'm not, I'm not predicting it. I'm just saying that's the grace of God. It exceeds human understanding. Can I get an amen so far? I'm trying to preach here after that great ministry by Brother Michael this morning. Brother Michael Gamble preached a stem winder and a truth uh, an unfolder, and I tell you what, it, anyhow, thank you very much, Mike. Boy, he was there. What did he do, God? He's probably out there taking care of the baby now. He's usually out there worrying about the parking lot. But, but, but boy, can he preach. Amen. Just give him a hand if you didn't even hear him. <clears throat> now, listen, living the faith life built on biblical principles is not dependent on external evidence. It's not dependent upon what you can see. That's why we say we walk by faith and not by sight. I'm not trying to present to you some goody-goody life that you're never going to see trouble. You're never going to face anything. Some of the people I love the most that, are, that I would think are the, the most holy have faced some very serious situations. But we don't walk by sight. If we did, we'd get discouraged very easily. We walk by faith. And faith stands on its own merit. Doesn't need any support from anybody because faith is built on Jesus, the Son of the living God, shed his precious blood so that faith would work for you. He paid the price. I said he paid the debt. Let's look at Mark 9.23. That's what I mean when I say it stands on its own merit. Now look, Jesus said to them, if you believe, believing is having faith, being confident, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So that's what faith can do. Faith can supersede things. And that's how we look at it. So often, you must believe in God in the face of conflicting and contrary evidence. The devil will throw everything but the kitchen sink at you. And so when things seem to go wrong, we must button up our lips and not give in to it and say, oh, God, 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 whatever, wherever you're God, you know, you know or, or just keep quoting all the times that God didn't do it, he didn't help them, he didn't help them. Go ahead, keep, keep, keep in score and slide yourself right out of life. Miserable. I'm not going to do that. If God said it, I believe it. As a matter of fact, if God said it, that settles it, whether I believe it or not. 
That's what I'm saying today. Now look, let's take a look. And let's see, we have examples in the Bible. Let's look at Abraham. Here's a guy that was a hundred by the time he saw an answer to his prayer. But let's read and see how he dealt with it. Fourth chapter of Romans, uh, verses uh, 4, 19, and we'll read on to uh, the 22nd verse. And not being weak in faith. Now listen, he had been through the mill. His wife was childless. She wasn't able to have a child, and yet God had promised that they would have a child. So not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Now remember, he was 75 when the promise was given to him. That's pretty much pushing it right there. I don't know how many couples in the church 75 are thinking about having a child. But watch this. He did not consider himself already dead. Now, don't get me wrong. Older people are not dead. Watch yourself. Already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's room. No, no negative things here. I mean, it's just we make it a little bit funny. But she was a healthy older lady that was beyond childbearing. Let's go on. He did not waver. See, this is what faith is. Not many people teach it this way. And, and so you get it. But I do the best I can. He did not waver at the promise God through unbelief. He was not going to disbelieve. He didn't care what it looked like. He was way too old to even think about being a dad. But was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. I'm talking about biblical faith here. Now, if you want it, you're going to have to listen. And being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteous. It may not have been popular. His own family may have laughed at him, his neighbors or whatever. I don't know how they're going to treat you in your neighborhood. Mine, they're scared to death of me. They leave me alone. They, was, they say... Hello, Brother Dave. I mean, it's never been in. No, they're really, we have really great neighbors, but, but I, I think I, you know, brought the, I brought the uh, temperature down a little bit or something. I don't know what happened. But notice the lesson you can learn from, 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 this, from Abraham. You say, well, what do I do when everything looks like it's, it's failing, it's falling? I feel like I'm dying. The devil just loves to get you in that position. He wants you to give up. But when the tough, how does it, when the things get tough, the tough get going. There's something about us. We got some backbone. If you cannot speak in agreement with God, don't speak at all. Shut your mouth. Don't go around and say, well, God, this. yeah, my aunt, my aunt, Julie, whatever, whatever her name was. I forget what my aunt's name was now. But anyhow, she did that and she died. I don't care what happened to them. I can tell you what will happen to you if you'll put this in your heart and refuse to give it up. All right, are you still here? Praise God. So if you cannot speak it with, in agreement with God, don't speak at all. It's best when you force your mouth to keep closed. Eat, that's fine. I don't want you to try eat without your mouth open. I don't recommend eating through your nose or anything like that. But if you can't say something good, shut up. 
Somebody said, where? Sound like I was in a good black church somewhere. Back down south, I don't mean here, down south somewhere. Well, <laughs> you always remind when preachers preaching, they say, well, what's next, brother? Well, what else you got to say? Well, let me tell you what I got to say. Our text says that when we do this and we keep our mouth clean and we know how to shut up, even though things may not be going your way, that will minister grace to the hearer. That's what the Bible says. Do you know who the number one hearer is? You. You're the number one hearer. Remember Proverbs 3.3? 3, 3? See if we can get up real fast. Let not mercy and truth forsake you no matter what's happening. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Say, devil, you foul spirit, you've invaded my personal property and I resent you and resist you in Jesus' name. I'm not going down, I'm going up. Sometimes you have to have some unmitigated nerve. I'm not just talking about anger and getting mad at people. Don't be kicking the wall, kick the devil. How about Psalm 45 and one? This is a good, my heart is overflowing with good theme. I recite my composition, I go over it. Concerning the king, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Man, I'm writing right on my heart. I believe you, Jesus, I don't believe the devil. I believe I'm well and I don't believe this dumb symptom. There's somebody sitting right close by that is fighting just to be, make it through life because there's an incurable disease trying to take his life. But he didn't sit back, say, okay, devil, here I am. He came, he came in that wheelchair, got in that healing line. We had a chance to pray the prayer of faith. So devil, ha, ha, ha on you. You're a foul loser in the name of Jesus. See, confession is to your faith what thrust is to an airplane. Learn some things about airplanes. If you don't have thrust, an airplane will never get off the ground. You realize that a plane, big 747, weighs not only hundreds of pounds, probably tons. Who knows how many tons they weigh? It's impossible. It's set right on the ground. How's it going to rise above the air? So it can't because it's heavier than the air, so it stays on the ground. Now, the reason you must have thrust is because it, introduced the, it introduces the law of lift. No thrust, no lift, no lift, you stay on the ground. Now, watch, this is a great example about what faith is. Thrust and lift supersedes gravity. It does not eliminate gravity. Gravity continues to exist. But when you put thrust, thrust <clears throat> and lift together, it supersedes gravity and the plane lifts up. All right? So the law is a good example of using something you cannot see. Lift is there, but you can't see it. And in reality, it's not there to see. It don't exist in physical terms. <clears throat> not there to see. However, the design is there that will create lift if you combine thrust with it. You have to believe that when you get the plane up to 70 knots, that the wings are so aerodynamically shaped that after enough thrust, there's going to be lift. 
and it'll get the plane off. It takes faith. How do we develop faith in this law? The fact is that the wings are made in such a way, designed, so that the air passes over the top of the wing and creates a low-pressure system. Who would have ever think it? And it, 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 it creates that system, and then as that thrust comes, it pushes against that low-pressure system, and the plane lifts. You've defied gravity. Some of you need to defy what a doctor told you, that there's no hope. Some of you are going to have to go over what you feel. I, I can't believe I can recover from this. I feel so bad. Well, I know somebody that's not affected by how bad you feel. He's affected by your faith. Are you listening? As you go faster, it creates a low-pressure area causing the air underneath to push up against the vacuum. You see, there's all kind of dynamics we don't understand particularly, but that doesn't mean they don't work. You may understand how you can have faith in the face of disaster and, and conflicting evidence. I know you don't understand how you can believe something good when everything you hear is bad and you feel bad. There's a time when you have to reject what you feel and reject what they say and say, God, I believe what you say. Amen. My faith is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Yeah. I stand alone with him. It's a law and it works. It's the law of lift, whether you like it or not. That's the way a plane. You say, well, I never knew that. Doesn't make any difference when you got in that plane. If that didn't happen, you'd stay on the ground. Now, let me tell you something more about it. There's a good illustration here. Confession to your faith is what thrust is to the law of lifts. Romans 10.10 says, let's read that. For with the heart man believes to righteousness. See, we believe to righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. With the heart one believes unto righteousness. See, that faith and that belief is the thrust that lifts you above that sin that has damned you these many years. Are you still there? Amen. Praise God. This is getting better as I go along here. Let's look at Romans 3, verse 27. Romans 3. Where is boasting and is it excluded? By what law? Of works? No, but the law of faith. See, the law of faith supersedes the law of works or the law of the devil. Praise God. This is really good. It's not there to see. Now, you can't see thrust. You see the results of it. You can't see faith, but you can see the results of it. Amen. Doesn't mean it's less. Now, if you combine thrust with it, you have belief that when you get the plane up 70 knots, it's going to stay up. Why does it stay up? Because thrust continues. The motor is throwing combustion. It's throwing. If the thrust is lit up on, lit up on the pedal, the plane will go slower. And if you let up on the pedal totally, the plane is coming down. It is coming down. <laughs> That's right. Where do you think what's going to happen to you when your confession starts talking opposite of what you desire? I thought you'd think this was good. You can cut your thrust down and go slower. If you cut your thrust off, you will fall from the sky. And the same is true about your confession. 
If you can lift up God, you're going to stay lifted up. You're going to make it and you're going to be above. It doesn't mean that sin has gone away. It doesn't mean that sickness has gone away. It's all there, the bad news, all of that's there. But what does God help you to do? Your confession, your belief in what God said causes you to lift above it. And somehow you're able to rejoice in the Lord even though all hell's breaking loose. God's not caught by surprise. Hallelujah. So he don't cut down your confession. Keep it up. I have a dear man that just got acquainted with our ministry and a very high-level guy, and he said, I'm just getting used to cleaning my mouth up. He said, I've been talking about don't criticize anybody. Stop the nonsense. Stop saying that guy's a jerk. Stop saying that. Say, boy, if I was in his position, I wonder what I'd have done. And I, I didn't think you'd take what had that kind of mercy today, but I'm trying to help you to find it. Stop it. Stop criticizing people. He's too ugly. I, how'd she ever marry that jerk? Can you imagine how many people said that about Merlene marrying me? Said, how could she marry that? I don't care what they say, bless God. I, I look in the mirror and say, I, I, I walk by faith. <laughs> Praise God. I walk by faith. I'm just that handsome dude she always thought I was. Well, you know, one time, no kidding, I saw a, a beautiful movie. It was a number of years ago. And it was two people who were very terribly disfigured, you know, just really had real serious problems physically. And they met each other in a special home wherever they were being treated and so on. And the whole movie is about this couple getting married, totally uh, handicapped in every way possible. And they got together. And the movie showed what it was like from their eyes. And you should have seen, even though they could hardly walk through their eyes, she'd look at him and, man, he looked like a handsome dude. He'd look at her and she's the most beautiful thing. See, faith can cause you to rise up out of that situation you're so unhappy about. Ooh, if I could get you. You see, mature faith in God's Word is developed over time. I'm not saying you do it overnight. But you must start where you are now. Without God's word, you're not gone anywhere. There will be no faith. If you shut up your mouth, there'll be no action. There'll be no forward movement on your part. It's like pulling back on the throttle. The plane would fall out of the sky. Oh, I don't want my faith to fall out of the sky, so I'm going to continue to confess. If God said it, that settles it, you foul devil. You may have worked over my body. I may feel this. I may feel that. But I know there's somebody, hallelujah, that's greater than you. Yes, the devil's a tough hombre. I don't deny the devil's tough, but you don't have to face him on your own. I'm, a, I'm, I'm hooked up with a champion who's not afraid to the devil. He'll defeat him every time. And I'll tell you this, he's not too busy for you. He can take your hand and cause you to come up out of that quicksand and cause you to develop some thrust with your confession and stop that negativity and say, Lord, I do believe. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for saving my family. Thank you for helping me through this. By faith in God, I'm going to make it. Give him a shout, my Lord in heaven. I cannot see the law of thrust, but I have to have it to overcome gravity. I have to believe in the unseen. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4, 18. I'm about done. While we do not look at the things which are seen, watch it, but at the things which are not seen. 
For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Are you going to stand on that word? Confess according to God's word? Confession and confessing God's word is the core principle that will keep you above what the devil's trying to do to you. The devil is a loser. He knows he's lost the fight. He knows he's going to be into the bottomless pit forever. He's desperate trying to get your soul and wrangle you and drag you into hell with him. But I got news for you, devil. I believe there's a group of people around us that have found reality in Christ, and they're not giving up anything. Devil, you big, foul intruder on our life, we resist and rebuke you in the name of Jesus, and we pray for divine health to flow throughout this congregation. Take it with you. Take it with you. Spread it. Spread it to your neighborhood. Spread it to our city. We can become the healthiest neighborhood and the healthiest city in the whole world because faith in God will cause us to lift above disease, sickness, and trial, and trouble, and problem. Come on, give him a thanks in Jesus' name. <laughs>